Welcome to Lost in Thought, where we think about the most complex ideas in philosophy, culture, and mental health. My name's Alex Hamo, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me. In this episode, I'm going to try and do something really difficult, which is challenge something that I find to be one of the most sacred parts of my identity, which is my politics. Now, I'm a progressive. I've been a progressive for as long as I've had a political identity. And recently something happened which kind of shook my progressiveness around. And that was that a week ago, exactly, I went to see Jordan Peterson in Melbourne. It was a sold out event. There were like 15,000 people there. And it really got me thinking about what it means for me to be a progressive and how I hope to grow as a progressive and how I think progressive politics can change. So that's what I'm going to be talking about in this episode. Now, I went to see Jordan Peterson because I'm making a documentary about him and his fans. Uh, specifically about his fans. And I went there to interview his fans about him, what they like about him, what they don't like about him, and this kind of stuff. And the documentary will soon be on YouTube. You know, I'm going to be posting snippets on TikTok and stuff. Links in the bio for this episode. So I'm going to lay out the structure of this episode. Uh, I'm going to talk about five things. First of all, I'm going to talk about how I don't think progressives have a super clear idol. And I think like having an idol is really difficult in progressive politics because of our attitudes towards like worship and this kind of thing. Then I wanted to talk about cancel culture and or the extent of narrow-mindedness in progressive thinking and how I think part of the time, if not most of the time, this is actually pretty destructive. Like potentially it's as destructive as it is beneficial. Then I wanted to talk about echo chambers and my experience with being in an echo chamber and how going to the Jordan Peterson event kind of really shook me up because I was like, damn, I'm so deep in an echo chamber. Then I wanted to talk about the mental health consequences of being a progressive and how the progressive attitude to life can be really depressing because it requires acknowledgement of difficult things in a way that I don't think conservatism does. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Those are the four things I'm going to be talking about. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was how progressives find it really hard to have an idol. Um, and everything is ironic. The more progressive you become, the more irony there seems to be in your worldview. Like, look at someone like Slavoj Žižek. You know, he's a kind of uh, Marxist thinker, progressive, lefty, extremely ironic. You know, has humor, which really upsets people, which people find to be so kind of dangerous that it's worthy of canceling him. And I was thinking a lot about who could be a kind of universal progressive idol or who are the main progressive idols. And like literally no one came to mind apart from like Zizek and Bernie Sanders. I was like, these are the only two people who kind of are very clear public figures who are very kind of politically engaged with a humongous following. Uh, and I think this is really different to conservatism and conservative politics, because I think one thing that conservatives do really well is like make idols and idolize people in, you know, in a way that could potentially be really destructive. But I think it's often done in a way that is really constructive because it unites people. For example, look at Jordan Peterson. You know, he is a really staunch progressive, you know, traditional family values guy, you know, pick yourself up by bootstraps vibe. And he's kind of worshipped by many conservatives, not by all of them, obviously, but the event I attended on Saturday was full of like probably 15,000 conservatives. Um, there would have been a few progressives there, but the vast majority of people who I interviewed 
kind of self-identified as conservatives. And so it got me thinking about this issue that progressive politics has, which is that it can't really identify icons because of some of the ideology which underpins progressive thinking, which is that it's not good to worship people. It's not good to put people on a pedestal because people are flawed and because people have problematic histories and because people say wrong things sometimes. And it seems like conservatives are a lot more forgiving of people making mistakes than progressives are. Like you can be cancelled beyond belief for saying something relatively you know, in the grand scheme of things, unproblematic by hordes of progressives. And I'm a progressive and I've done this, you know, I've been really upset by something relatively small that someone has said, like, you know, I'm not talking about some kind of really reprehensible crime that's been committed. I'm talking about like allowing a person, like, you know, I'm talking about someone receiving sponsor money from like a mining company or someone, you know, promoting like, a company that doesn't have like altruistic values or whatever. Um, and I think a lot of the time this is trying to come from a good place, but it ends up being really toxic because it just like ends conversation. And it means that idols don't emerge in progressive politics because like you dig hard enough and you're going to find problems with people. And if your attitude is that people must be perfect, then you'll never find an idol. There'll never be a person who will lead you because no one is perfect. Like, we all make mistakes. And while I disagree with so much of conservative politics and conservative ideology, one thing I admire is their ability to look beyond some volume of flaws that people have. You know, look beyond some of the mistakes that people have made. I draw the line somewhere, right? Like, if I feel like someone is extremely toxic or extremely harmful and their mistakes are very damaging and you know racist or misogynistic or whatever i find it hard to kind of forgive a person if there isn't a really really clear kind of acknowledgement of wrongdoing and a kind of clear strategy for you know remedying these issues uh and this doesn't seem to be so much a part of conservative ideology like people make mistakes as conservatives and then like double down their fans like double down or they kind of get into troll territory or there's like no kind of culture of like doing anything after you've acknowledged that you've made a mistake and you know i think this is part of this is one reason why progressive politics is kind of helpful because if you don't if you don't acknowledge wrongdoing and if you don't try and develop a plan for becoming a better person or for kind of making your views less damaging you get ousted but i don't know if that is like fundamentally good i don't know if the progressive trajectory of expecting people to acknowledge wrongdoing and then once they've acknowledged wrongdoing still finding it really hard to kind of accept this person and welcome them back into kind of the progressive sphere as someone who is respected and listened to. I don't know if this like makes sense to me, right? Because if you make a mistake, so long as it's not extraordinarily bad or even like very bad, I think that there should be more of a culture in progressivism of like forgiving people. I understand why 
this culture doesn't exist. And I think it doesn't exist out of fear because there's a fear that slippery slope stuff is going to happen. You begin forgiving one person for something that they have done. And then all of a sudden there's an expectation to forgive everyone and to welcome everyone back into the progressive community, regardless of how severe their kind of actions were or how damaging or harmful their actions were. Now, I don't think this is going to happen, right? Like people have good judgment most of the time. And uh, yeah, like, you know, I guess one thing that I want to do more as a progressive is allow myself to see the value in what people have to say, even those people who have made mistakes in the past, so long as the mistakes have been acknowledged and addressed. And so long as they're not symbolic of something like very sinister or um, very malevolent inside a person. So yeah, that's the first thing I wanted to speak about. Idols, progressives not having idols in the same way that conservatives do. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is the difficulty that progressives have entertaining the views of people they don't agree with. And now, I know that this is a difficulty that's shared by conservatives. Like everyone has a really hard time paying attention to or respecting the views of people they don't agree with. This seems like a kind of basic self-preservation tendency. Like it's easier to listen to things that you agree with. It's less mentally taxing, less emotionally taxing than it is to listen to views that you don't agree with. And I think that progress comes from doing this, you know, engaging with people who you don't agree with. I think progressives find it as difficult to engage with people outside of their political sphere as, you know, conservatives would, for example. I don't think this is unique to either conservatives or progressives. But I think that for any meaningful progress to happen in a society or in a political ideology or in a belief, there must be attention that's paid to competing or opposing views. And when I say that attention must be paid, I don't mean like you need to sit down and like read all of the, you know, scripture of the opposing ideology. But I think like people need to have conversations. And when I went to the Jordan Peterson event, this is precisely what I was trying to do. I was trying to speak with people who I probably didn't agree with. And what I realized was that I think there is a real tendency for people to forget to humanize those who don't share the same opinions as them. It's really easy to forget that these are actual people with actual issues and actual lives and just view them as an ideology. Be like, you're a conservative, that's it. Not like you're a conservative who also has a very complex life, who also suffers, who also struggles from mental illness, who also has issues with their family and so on. Like these things are universal. And so going to see Jordan Peterson as a progressive meant that I was surrounded by people who I didn't necessarily see eye to eye when it came to our political views or our views about how we ought to live our lives and this kind of thing. But simply being around them and speaking with them, I realized that like these are very good and kind people and like none of them were offensive directly to me. None of them like harmed me or threatened me or anything like this. And progressivism today is kind of recovering from, you know, thousands of years of minority groups being oppressed and being attacked and being. And so like I feel a bit stuck when it comes to asking people to engage with people who share opposing views to them because there's going to come a point where it's really damaging for you as an individual to engage with someone who disagrees with something that's very central to who you are like race related stuff or 
gender related stuff. I feel quite stuck here because part of me believes that people should engage with those who don't agree with kind of key political or philosophical ideas that they hold. But at the same time, I understand why people might not want to engage with people who don't agree with them, because there are going to be some topics where it's really destructive for you to listen to someone being hateful. And I really understand this. And I think that there's a key difference between progressive and conservative politics here in that I don't think progressives are anywhere near as hateful as conservatives are when speaking about things that are central to a person's identity. For example, I think that for the most part, progressive politics is kind of underpinned by this idea that people can do what they want with their lives. They can be whoever they want to be. And I really don't think conservative politics allows for this. A central tenet of conservatism is that things shouldn't continue to change and that things should remain as they have, right? We are conserving ideology from the past. We are repeating things that our ancestors have done rather than reinventing and starting anew. And so, yeah, part of me is worried that there is such a big difference in this particular attitude towards the world where you have conservatives who, you know, are kind of wanting to retain structures from the past and just continue kind of operating within these structures into the future. But then we have progressives who were calling for upheaval and change and rewriting things. And these are so far apart, right? Like these are literally the exact opposite. One is like, let's retain history. And the other is like, let's rewrite the present. So it's different from the past because the past was harmful. This is something I really admire about progressive politics, like this kind of openness to the world and you know, openness to experience and openness to change and this kind of thing. Okay, next thing I wanted to talk about was fear. Conservatives do a much better job of capitalizing on people's fear than progressives do. Instead of focusing on fear, progressives focus on inequality and injustice. And these are two very different things because being fearful doesn't require empathizing with another person, whereas recognizing inequality and injustice in the world does. This is precisely why conservative politics keeps growing, because it's much easier for people to recognize problems with the world through the lens of fear than it is to do this extra step of empathizing with the plight of marginalized people, for example. If you don't see this on a regular basis, if you don't have an insight into how complex the lives of others can be, you know, when I say others, I don't mean yourself or your immediate friends or family or this kind of thing. When you kind of are engaging with suffering on a broader scale, I don't mean the suffering experienced by people who are similar to you. I mean, people who are very different to you, you know, people who are a different race, different gender, um, from a different country, uh, speaking different languages, you know, when you're thinking about the kind of totality of suffering in the world, it's a lot easier to blame the people who are experiencing suffering for their own suffering than it is to be like, hold on, I am actually partly responsible for this because as a privileged person who has a surplus amount of money, I could actually alleviate some of this suffering. It's a lot easier to point the finger at a person who is experiencing suffering and be like, you brought this on yourself. This is your fault. And I think this is a really toxic part of conservative ideology, thinking that it's the responsibility of the individual to kind of make their life this like pleasant and enjoyable place because that's too much to ask of an individual. Like... If you are born into a system that is really fraught and everything is kind of pushing you down and 
You know, you don't have the right skin color. You don't have the right accent. You don't have the right appearance. You don't have the right gender. Like all of these things kind of compound and make it really difficult for a person to rise and to thrive. This is where I'll get onto my last point because progressive politics requires such a deep awareness of the suffering in the world that is experienced by others who are less fortunate that it can be really depressing. And I think this is another reason why conservative politics is thriving today because it doesn't require people to be aware of the volume of suffering in the world experienced by people who aren't just like yourself. You know, conservatives will say, People like you are going to have your jobs taken away by immigrants, by asylum seekers. And that's it. That's the kind of extent of the awareness of asylum seekers. It's not that these people are fleeing war-torn countries or that literally all they want is exactly what you want, which is to like live a life that is like safe and prosperous and healthy and happy with their family and friends. It's not that. It's that they're going to take stuff away from you. So again, they're playing on this fear, this idea that you should fear the person who's coming from afar, not because of anything that's wrong with them, but because we don't know exactly who they are because they don't look exactly like us and therefore we shouldn't trust them. When I compare the psychological experiences of progressives and conservatives, you know, often conservatives may feel fear about asylum seekers or foreigners coming to take their jobs and progressives might feel very depressed about the extent of suffering and misery in the world and inequality and this kind of stuff. I think that they're both equally difficult experiences to navigate. They both make sense as responses to the world. However, ultimately, I think that the progressive view, the feelings, ultimately, I think that the progressive view, even though it requires so much sensitivity to pain and suffering, this kind of thinking, the sensitivity to inequality and injustice is what I believe is going to make the world into a better place. And so, yeah, I guess this episode was a bit confusing because I set out to talk about the issues with progressive politics, but then ended up defending it. Uh, but anyway, I hope I hope it was helpful. And, and as always, I'm open to chatting and exploring my views. So get in touch with me on TikTok or Instagram um, or email or whatever. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave it a five-star review on whatever platform you're using. And if you really enjoyed it, please consider supporting me on Patreon. This will allow me to spend more time researching and preparing for episodes and to produce more episodes more frequently. Thanks for your time. Hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll see you in the next one.